98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Chief Executive Kerry Lamb hopes the COVID-19 booster scheme can be expanded from the beginning of next month to cover those who have been jabbed with BioNTech. Mrs. Lamb also said transport companies are offering free rides on Sunday when people head to polling stations for the LegCo elections to remind the public how important voting is. And a concern group says teachers should consider their students' age when deciding whether or not to show graphic footage from the 1937 Nanjing Massacre. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has said that she's instructed officials to expand the COVID booster program to cover people who've received the BioNTech vaccine. At present, only those who have had two doses of Sinovac at least six months ago or those in priority groups can get boosters. So far, 260,000 boosters have been given out. Mrs. Lam says she hopes the scheme can be expanded from the beginning of next month. Every government is now on the alert to prevent uh, Omicron um, spreading into their community. Uh, In the case of Hong Kong, of course, we are particularly alert because we have basically attained zero in the local situation. And we are right at the moment preparing to resume some normal travel into the mainland, which is the number one priority of many people in society. So uh, we have to adopt very stringent measures uh, to prevent Omicron from spreading into the community. Speaking at a press conference, excuse me, speaking at a press briefing ahead of the Executive Council meeting, Mrs. Lam also said it's impossible for the government to introduce a point system or vet in detail which group of people in need should have priority when quarantine-free cross-border travel with the mainland is resumed. She says those ideas would only create more chaos. The Society for Community Organizations, C. Lai Shan, one of the people who made the proposals, says officials still need to come up with a system to decide who will have priority. It's a bit key what kind of criteria they should fulfill. You should have some criteria for those emergency cases, otherwise you, you, you don't know how. So I think they have some basic criteria, for example, they have a doctor's recommendation or they, they have this kind of, what kind of relationship will be first priority, something like that. The CE has said the public transport companies are voluntarily providing free transport on Sunday to encourage people to vote in the LegCo polls. Mrs. Lamb conceded that most voters don't need transport to get to polling stations, but said the free rides are a good gesture to remind the public how important voting is for Hong Kong. For the franchise transport companies, including mass transit, the bus and the tram, I believe they also have this corporate responsibility to do something. So a point discussion between Transport and Housing Bureau and these companies, they agree to provide free transport on that day. So this is more a gesture of collective responsibility to remind people that 19 December is a crucial day. We welcome you to come out. You can take the bus, you can go elsewhere, but also go to a polling station to cast your vote. A concern group says teachers need to consider the age and maturity of pupils when selecting what to show them. After, prior, after a primary school in Tun Mun said it offered counseling to students because some were upset after being shown graphic footage of the 1937 Nanjing Massacre. Mervyn Chung is from the Education Policy Concern Organization. On the teacher's side, uh, have they really um, exercised uh, sufficiently their, their professional judgment in the selection and presentation of materials, uh, especially the, um, 
the, the graphic uh, uh, videos or images of the Japanese in, uh, aggression into China. Now, this is uh, something that should be uh, further heated in, in, in the future. Uh, I think that they should do sufficient uh, screening and adaptation of the, of the materials and tools so, uh, so given to them and, and guide the students accordingly. Chief Executive Kerry Lam says the Education Bureau included graphic footage of the Nanjing Massacre in a teaching material checklist for the Chinese history curriculum. But she pointed out that it's up to the teachers whether to show the footage to young students or not. The Tunmun Primary School had shown the footage to pupils as young as six, leaving some in tears, prompting complaints from parents. Mrs. Lam was asked whether authorities should provide more guidelines for schools on what teaching materials to use. The education department has a duty to remind schools that since Chinese history is a subject to be learned, what sort of uh, teaching materials are available in the public domain. And that uh, video which has uh, caused some anxiety is something available in the public domain. So they have included it in their teaching materials checklist. But uh, I believe Education Bureau has not mandated that um, all teaching on this Nanjing massacre uh, has to show that video. So it is a matter of professional judgment uh, by the teachers. Police have arrested 10 people in connection with the discovery of weapons hidden in flats and warehouses. Officers say they found around 200 air guns, over 6,000 lead pellets, a smoke grenade launcher, as well as axes and knives in raids on 13 premises. The force noted that the smoke grenade launcher and other items like respirators and body armor plates were seen in the 2019 protests. Superintendent Chan Yan says the force will look into whether the gang was planning to commit, commit crimes on important days, like Sunday's LegCo elections. We have intelligence and some information showing that the arrested people, some of them, had actively participated in the riot incident in the past two years. This is our investigation's result. We will not exclude any possibility. We will continue our investigation to pursue whether the reason of the possession of these high-power weapons, including for the purpose of making damage to our society and making disturbance to our coming elections. State officials have warned that residents of Kentucky counties where tornadoes killed dozens of people could be without heat, water or electricity in frigid temperatures for weeks or longer. Kentucky authorities said the sheer level of destruction was slowing their ability to assess the damage from Friday night's storms. At least 88,000, sorry, 88 people, including 74 in Kentucky, were killed by a tornado outbreak that also destroyed a nursing home in Arkansas and heavily damaged an Amazon distribution center in Illinois. The Kentucky, Kentucky governor, Andy Bashir warned that it could take days to pin down the full death toll. 109 Kentuckians now unaccounted for, but as I look at this broken down by county, it's way more, way more people unaccounted for than this. And because we have multiple of our towns in rubble, uh, finding uh, the, uh, the numbers are going to move uh, a little bit. A bipartisan committee of the U.S. House of Representatives has voted to recommend that Mark Meadows, the last White House chief of staff under Donald Trump, be held in criminal contempt of Congress. Mr. Meadows has ignored a subpoena to testify in an investigation into the deadly attack on the Capitol building in January. The Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff is a member of that committee. Mr. Meadows' behavior and his refusal to do his moral duty shows why we need stronger tools to enforce congressional subpoenas. 
It's an issue I've worked on for years. But in the absence of those changes, we will use the tools that we have. And I expect the Justice Department to move as swiftly in dealing with Mr. Meadows as it did with Mr. Bannon and prosecute him for violating the law and his duty as a citizen. The White House has said there are no immediate plans to release at least 10 billion U.S. dollars in funds that were frozen when the Taliban took power in Afghanistan on the 15th of August. Speaking in a briefing, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the issue was complicated. The United States continues to face difficult fundamental questions about how it might be able to make reserve funds available to directly benefit the people of Afghanistan with, while ensuring that the funds do not benefit the Taliban. And obviously our objective as one of the world's biggest providers of humanitarian assistance is to get that assistance directly to the people. It is difficult to determine how that would not go through, uh, would not benefit the Taliban as it relates to these funds. Scientists are warning of dramatic changes in one of the biggest glaciers in Antarctica, potentially within the next five to ten years. They say a floating section at the front of the Thwaites Glacier that until now has been relatively stable could break apart. Aaron Pettit is a glaciologist at Oregon State University. I visualize it somewhat similar to that car window where you have a few cracks that are slowly propagating and then suddenly you go over a bump in your car, and the whole thing just starts to shatter in every direction. In financial news, Britain's biggest bank, NatWest, has been fined $350 million U.S. million for failing to prevent money laundering of nearly $530 million U.S. million, which was deposited in the account of a jeweler based in the English city of Bradford. It's the first time a financial institution has faced criminal, criminal prosecution under anti-money laundering laws in the U.K. The case against NatWest was brought by the Financial Conduct Authority, which said the cash was deposited at 50 branches, sometimes in bin liners that were so full they broke. Mark Stewart is the authority's executive director of enforcement. Huge volumes of cash, money that staff were reporting had a pungent smell about it as well, as if it had been stored perhaps in the ground for a very long period of time before being deposited. There was a sudden increase in volumes of cash being received by what was a fairly small jewellery business, culminating in, in, in about just under £2 million of cash was being receipted every single day in a, a branch of NatWest somewhere in the country. These were fairly glaring circumstances that should have put the bank on notice and should have required questions to be asked. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,651, 298 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $63 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 113.56 to the yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 29 cents. Looking at sports and Hong Kong's Angus Ng is safely through to the second round of the badminton world championships in Spain. The world number eight needed three sets to get past India's HS Pranoy in the opening round of the men's singles. Lee Chuck Yu is also through to the second round. The SAR's world number 13 was a straight sets winner over Howard Shu of the United States. Denmark's world number one, Victor Axelsson, crashed out in the first round. The Olympic champion was beaten by Singapore's Lo Kuan Yu in three sets. And after a two-year absence, Hong Kong's three-time Olympian Yip Po Yin is back competing in the World Championships. The 34-year-old has won her opening women's singles match, beating Estonia's Kristin Kuba in straight sets. 
Now to football on a chaotic last 16 draw in the European Champions League. Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi would have faced each other, but an error in the systems means that Manchester United and Paris Saint-Germain have been kept apart following a redraw. More from the BBC's Ian Dennis. UEFA apologised for the software malfunction that caused the embarrassing situation of a flawed draw this morning, which resulted in a redraw this afternoon. Chelsea, the only side of the English quartet who were unseeded, again struck lucky as they were paired once more with Lille, the weakest of the seeded sides. Ronaldo and Messi were this time kept apart. The draw, though, still tough for Manchester United, as Ronaldo will return to Madrid except to face Atletico. Liverpool, who beat AC Milan in the group stages, will be back in the San Siro again against Inter, Manchester City will take on Sporting Lisbon. Elsewhere, it's Salzburg versus Bayern, Benfica against Ajax, Villarreal versus Juventus, and Paris Saint-Germain against Real Madrid. Tonight's English Premier League match between Manchester United and Brentford has been postponed after a COVID-19 outbreak at the United camp. United closed their training ground following yesterday's confirmation of positive tests. The Brighton manager Graham Potter has revealed that there are at least three positive tests among his playing squad. Their home game against Wolves tomorrow is not currently under threat. While Aston Villa's match at Norwich is still set to go ahead tonight. Steven Gerrard has confirmed two of his players tested positive for COVID at Villa and says it's an issue managers just have to cope with. I'm in a situation like every other manager where, yeah, you're facing the extra challenge of, of COVID being in the way and, you know, not being able to do certain things at certain times because you're waiting for, for testing situations. So, yeah, listen, you have to adapt. It is a bigger challenge. There is more to think about. You have to be prepared. In other football news, a Premier League and Manchester City legend is to hang up his boots. to go has ended 44 years of heartbreak. What a moment. Sergio Aguero, who scored that famous injury time winner to secure Manchester City's first Premier League title in 2012, is set to announce his retirement this week. Looking at the weather, there will be sunny periods and it will be dry during the day with a maximum temperature of about 22 degrees. Degrees, moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds. Forecasters say it will be warmer in the next few days, but winds will strengthen from the north and it will become cooler later this week. The current temperature is 23 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity, humidity at 56%. And just to finish the news, the backheads again. Uh, Chief Executive Kerry Lamb hopes the COVID-19 booster scheme can be expanded from the beginning of next month to cover those who've been jabbed with BioNTech. And a concern group says teachers should consider their students' age when deciding whether or not to show graphic footage from the 1937 Nanjing Massacre. That's the news from RTHK. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th.
So won't you let him notice me? I've been a good girl waiting patiently, but I can't wait no more. I've been hoping he would see the sign. Let him see that I could be his Valentine. I'd do anything to make him mine. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 14th of December is today's date. As we enter the countdown to Christmas, you'll be hearing lots about Operation Santa Claus in the coming couple of weeks. But first of all, on the 123 show today, we'll be hearing about a survey by the Hong Kong AIDS Foundation on the behavior of male clients of um, sex workers before the emergence of COVID-19. It sounds all very technical, but it gets juicier as we get to that. We'll be catching up with Eris Lau, the foundation's chief executive, in about 10 minutes or so. 
and uh, we'll be talking about some safe sex practices. And uh, after the two o'clock news, we're joined by uh, Tuesday reporter Andrew Dambina once again. And today we'll be uh, getting an update about some global and local food news. And finally, uh, the last part of today's show, 